but I know for me, it's the freedom to explore my sexuality without guilt or shame and to have autonomy over my body through what I choose to wear and what I choose to do with my body. You know, if I want to be out here fucking a hundred niggas, that's not what I'm doing. But if I was doing it, that's my business. Um, or if I want to walk outside with my titties out, I have the right to do that. And I'm Ray. And welcome to Yes Black and Girl. Welcome to Yes Black Girl. Yes. yes. For those that are new to us, Yes Black Girl is a digital space and interview series created for Black women by Black women. Mm-hmm. Stay with us for a while, and we hope you leave feeling inspired. Okay, y'all better be inspired. <laughs> so, since the days of American chattel slavery, Black women have been both overly sexualized and desexualized for the benefit of everyone but themselves, never having autonomy over their bodies. So, today we'll be discussing the sexual liberation of Black women. But before we get into that, let's get into this quick catch up, okay? Yes, Black girl. So, who was the first woman that you saw? That owned her sexuality. I'm going to say Lil' Kim. Uh, I remember my mom telling me. She tells this story a lot, uh, pretty often. But she told me about how I saw her on a magazine cover in a grocery store. And she was wearing her nipple pasties. I don't know which outfit it was, but I'm assuming it was her 1999 MTV Awards. Like the lavender uh, joint. That makes sense because it was like four at that time. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think it was like a shell shape mm-hmm. pasty or whatever but lavender is also my favorite color yes. um obviously as you can see my room okay. for those looking at the video um and i said that i wanted to be her and then <laughs> i also remember seeing i don't know if we watched the awards but i just remember seeing the video of her and diana ross at the mm. podium talking and diana ross like cupped her titty a little bit yeah so yeah that was that moment <laughs> that was that was a moment for me and i was like oh yeah. Okay. Giving us aerial tees. Yeah. Nah, it's definitely Lil Kim for me too. Um, in music, it's Lil Kim and Aaliyah. And it's because Lil Kim had a different type of sexuality with her. It was like, you're gonna you're about to see all of her skin, you know, she's showing you all the things, and she's just really, really raw with it. Um, and seeing that as a kid, it's like, ooh. But then Aaliyah had like a very like cool and like sexy, it was just mm-hmm. a very different type of sexy and having those you know two two things kind of juxtaposed but they still exude the same things for me was amazing but then on screen it was definitely Halle Berry and Gabrielle Union and I could tell you the exact moments Halle Berry in that Flintstones movie Mm. She was coming about the okay. She mm-hmm. was coming about the water. She's serving everybody, looking yes. like a freaking goddess. I was like in the awe of Halle Berry at that point. And then for Gabrielle Union, of course she's gorgeous and she's been so many things up until this moment. But in two can play that game when she was fucking Connie's phone, oh, yeah. okay? And she came through <laughs> with that ponytail and she had on that blazer and that the cleavage was out, okay? She had on a bra with that suit. I was like, she is that girl, okay? Mm-hmm. And they were really like the top tier for me. 
I think I can say um, Destiny's Child too. Mm. I really love their outfits. Yeah. And they were revealing, but not like in a, what's the word? Crass. It was tasteful. It was yes, yeah. it was tasteful. Um, yeah. And yeah, just like the content of their music, especially for writings on the wall. Um, I know okay. they were, what, 16, 17 when. And they, they were saying some things. But yeah, it was about sex and relationships and like, yeah. So. Yeah. Yes, black girl. So even though we grew up watching these black women stand in their sexuality confidently, black women have long suffered in having the ability to do so. So let's get into this conversation about sexual liberation. What is sexual liberation? Uh, Sexual liberation is the ability to be free of traditional heteronormative behaviors and ideas around sex and sexuality. At least that's the way that I define it. Ray, do you have any other things to add to that? Mm, just not putting yourself in a box when it comes to that and not following the binary sure. because people are very black and white about this topic. And it's mm-hmm. not that because everyone is so different and people have different experiences. Facts. Yes, black girl. Let's talk about what sexual liberation looks like for black women which I guess is kind of related to what we just said. But I know for me, it's the freedom to explore my sexuality without guilt or shame and to have autonomy over my body through what I choose to wear and what I choose to do with my body. You know, if I want to be out here fucking 100 niggas, that's not what I'm doing. (laughs) But if I was doing it, that's my business. Uh Um, Or if I want to walk outside with my titties out, I have the right to do that. Yes. Yeah. Same for me, um, but also like being safe doing all of that, even though I'm not Absolutely. doing that. Um, yeah. And choosing to maintain privacy around that. And I, I just feel like a lot of people don't need to know my business. Um, and like I said earlier, like I don't, well, I didn't say this part, but I don't hold a lot of traditional outlooks on sexuality and gender and all of that. Mm. And people will get very black and white. And like I said, I don't like to box myself into that. Yeah. And then I think as you grow, like that can change too. Definitely. Like you don't have to be or do the same thing your entire life. That is true. And if you do, that's fine. Yeah. We're allowed to to flow in and out of things and have different ideas. And also back to what you said about practicing safe sex, that is extremely important because it's like one thing that I feel like a lot of people do miss. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of partners or if you don't. You could have two partners, but you should still be safe in your sexual practices because mm-hmm. you don't know what the hell is going on or what people are doing. Um, okay, you never know. It could be somebody who literally was a virgin, got with someone, and only had sex with that one person. And they still end up with some type of STD or yep. STI, you know, because they weren't being safe or they trusted. So it's like you need to. You know, be very vigilant about going to be tested. Be vigilant about the use of condoms or anything else to protect yourself. Um, and everybody should know everybody's status at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. definitely. The sirens in the background affirmed that. Okay, <laughs> y'all heard it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, black girl. So let's talk about the historical ties. One of the biggest things, I think, in terms of black women's sexuality we can always, as we always talk about, we talked about in previous episodes, but everything goes back to slavery, okay? Yep. Enslaved yep. Black people. Um, 
and one of the main things during that time was black women or just black people in general, of course, were seen as property. We weren't seen as human, but as subhuman, but we were still human enough for the white men and the white women to be then raping us mm-hmm. and, and doing all the other things that they saw fit, having children with us. Being exploitative. Yes. Um, and it's like just thinking about mentally how that could impact someone and how they see themselves and how they see sex. It's like it's something that is done to you and it's not something that you're doing for your own pleasure. Um, or even if you're like compartmentalizing it, right? So maybe they were having sex for their own pleasure, but then this thing is happening to you, happening to you too. So it's like, are you even able to enjoy it fully when it is something mm-hmm. that you're choosing to do, you know? Right. Um, because there's trauma Ooh, surrounding it. I just thought of something. And then that makes me think of how like, like the, the male enslaved people, um, mm. Like, if they took those power dynamics to their relationships with the women on the plantation. Yeah. Think about that. Yes. And I'm I'm sure that did happen. And, you know, that generational trauma has been passed down. So. In more ways that's than one. Got, yes, that's why we got all these issues. Uh, okay. So, that we're yeah. trying to work through and fight against. <laughs> and speaking of, like, exploitation, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know Sarah Bartman, the woman who was, mm. uh, I think she was South African, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they she was captured and like paraded around because of her body type. And I remember this was maybe like a week and a half ago. Somebody I know had a um a jean jacket with her picture and her name on the back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool for like people to know, but at the same time it's like that modifying you're kinda right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, like she's still being exploited mm-hmm. and yeah and a black woman was wearing it so it's like there's so many layers and I was just like this is weird I'm like yeah it's like awareness but also like mm, yeah yeah weird being her yeah. jean jacket it's Absolutely. just a different form of how she was paraded around and exploited yeah it's not really honoring her in any way right um no that's so true and then even that's one thing to think about, like having her traveling just to show up her body. Um, but then also when you think about all of the like little, um, what are they called? The little things that you be having around your house. I know black people like to call them knickknacks, but there's an actual word for them. Uh, Novelties. Uh, not, and I, not antiques. And I mean, they are antiques now, but yeah. Yeah. When you think about those and how many of them, like, you know, exploited our bodies and created Mm -hmm. these tropes about us, how they portrayed us in the media, um, just all of these different things to kind of like, just exploit it. Like you said, it's like exploitative and we had no control over that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. They're called, uh, they're called racist knickknacks. Yeah. (laughs) Racist. What if, ooh, I know they was calling it different names since it's called knickknacks. Okay, what's the they look the whole our whole tap is <laughs> our whole tap is, is stepping in, okay? Something it's a root word somewhere. What's the root word? But for real, it's like because we already got picnics. They ain't really sitting too right. Girl. It's like they're gonna have a girl no more. Oh my god. Um <laughs> like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. But yeah, so <laughs> It's like, and then of course, lastly, my last thought on that is the auction block, right? So you're put mm-hmm. on the auction block and your body is to be shown to all these people to see if you're even worth anything. Like, are you 
it's almost like a cow or an animal, right? Like you're up there mm-hmm. and they're like, wow, can I breed this person? What type yeah. of kids am I going to have? Are they strong? What kind, mm-hmm. what's, what's their skin giving? Like all that shit is just in us. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah. Um, another thing I think moving on that it's kind of like branching off from, I think from slavery, it's like when you mix the trauma of slavery with religion. And I know for us, we can only speak on, you know, where we grew up, we grew up in the church. So we can only really speak on that. We can't speak on other religions, but mm-hmm. for us specifically growing up as Christians, who child, the, the pressure to be a good girl and to, you know, save yourself for marriage and to dress modestly and all of those things weighed so heavy. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure there are some people who just kind of go with it and they don't really have any struggles or maybe they do and they just have a really, really good way of hiding it. But I know I struggle yeah. with that because I'm just like, why do I have to dress modestly? Why can't I wear uh-huh. my skin out? Who am uh-huh. I hiding this from? And then when you think about that sometimes, as I can speak for myself, like, I remember one time I wanted to wear something to church. It was like a short skirt. And I got into a huge, huge debate with my mom and my grandma about it. And for them, their thing is like, oh, I want to just make sure that you're like protected. I don't want you out here. Mm -hmm. But it's like, who are you protecting me from? And then why do you need to protect me from them? So if you're thinking about like some nasty old men in church, or you're thinking about just people in general looking at a young girl in a certain way. It's like, I'm still a kid at this point. Why does it matter what I have on if I'm a kid? Why is anyone sexualizing me, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like a whole other layer. Yes, black girl. Also, um, going to Catholic school, um, I had to wear uniforms. So like, oh. I didn't have much room to explore with clothing, which I think is why I wanted to become a fashion designer when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I have the space to do that, and that's cool. And even then, well, even still, like sometimes I feel like, oh, do I want to wear this? Like, people gonna look at me? Like, I'm gonna feel some type of way? Okay. But then I just be like, girl, whatever. Like, nobody cares. But it is very hard to to deal with that. And maybe that's in our next episode. That's something we can explore a bit too, because I think about myself as like a teenager when I first became comfortable with my body and being able to wear mm-hmm. like a midriff top. Or anything like that. And I remember the first time I ever wore something like that to school. And it was like, I was wearing it and I felt cute. But I also was like kind of covering myself up at the same time. Uh Because I'm like, I don't know if I fully feel comfortable. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone's going to be judging or, you know, saying whatever. Or I'm not allowed to do this thing. And then I got to a point where I was like, whatever, I'm wearing this. And then I started wearing that shit off time. (laughs) It was like, I'm not (laughs) not wearing a, a major top. But first exploring that is super scary um Mm -hmm. and a lot of that is tied to how I saw myself because of growing up in the church and you know just the way that I've heard people talk about women and girls who dressed a certain type of way right Mm -hmm. but that shit is crazy and then for me moving from catholic school to public school I finally had a chance to you know wear what I wanted which Mm -hmm. is mainly why I wanted to go to public school and because it was only five minutes literally across the street from my house Right. And I was like, I don't want to go to another Catholic school that's almost an hour away and I got to wear uniforms. Like, right. I just walk across the street and go to school and be able to wear yes. what I want. Yeah. And then within that, you know, they have restrictions on clothing. So, like, if I wore Ooh, shorts, girl, in school, I would wear shorts. And one of my teachers would always try to send me to the office and call my mm-hmm. parents and tell them I need to 
with some pants on or something. And then there will be other Asian girls and white girls who are all short and skinny, ass Talk cheeks hanging it. out. Yeah. Almost, yeah, almost hanging out. And I'm like, y'all not saying nothing to them, but because I'm a little bit thicker mm-hmm. and black, mm-hmm. it's an issue. And then the teacher who caught me, um, one of my friends in, I remember this day, in ceramics class, she was like, Miss So-and-so was talking about you to our class and blah, blah, well, talking about you to our class about what you were wearing and blah, 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 blah. Not a grown-ass like, woman. Right. Oh, hell no. Right. Uh, oh, hell no. <laughs> she, she was an interesting person. I'll it's crazy that. because I had the exact same experience um, going to a school that, like you, it was like it was a lot of black kids, right? But there were also a lot of white kids. And the white girls definitely was getting away with everything. It didn't matter if they were skinny or not. They could be skinny, thick, whatever. But if they had on their little ass shorts, wasn't nobody saying nothing. But for us, it was like, oh, the fingertip rule, right? Yes. Um, yep. Wearing a midriff top. It's like we were all doing it. Because during the time when we were in high school, the 2010s, nigga, that's what was in. So everything mm-hmm. was a crop top, right? But they would make such a big deal about crop tops. And I was just like, are y'all being for real? It's like anything that they could do to police what we wore, it was just like, what is the mm-hmm. point? Like, who is this for? Because, again, it doesn't matter what you wear. Like, you're thinking about us being sexualized by the boys, right? These niggas don't give a damn <laughs> that we got on this crop top. And they don't care if you got on a crop top or a turtleneck. If they find you attractive, they find you attractive. And they still mm-hmm. going to do the same things regardless, right? Yep. Um, You can have on a, a freaking turtleneck, but your titties is, is up here, <laughs> you know? Sitting. They sitting today, and they looking at that. So it's like, bitch, why does it matter if I'm covered <laughs> up or not? Um, but no, same experience. And I didn't have, I had multiple teachers, but all of them were white women, um, who were like that with anything. It could be us wearing a hat in school. It was like, they always just made sure to like pick on the black girls. Yeah. But even in that, I'm just thinking back again, you know, when you put us back into slavery, (laughs) America, Mm -hmm. and just how that was like, working for white women's benefit to, you know, to kind of limit us and what we were able to do. And it's like, is that what's playing out in the schools as well? Like, I don't know. That's yeah. a weird dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. But um, that's something to think about. Damn. Niggas need to and study speaking, white teachers and black, black girl, girl students. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of like the hats, I remember I was wearing like this, it wasn't a beanie. I don't know, but it was it was halfway on my head because my hair wasn't done. I was like, all right, I need to wear this. And I think I still had a perm at that time. Damn. Yeah, so you know I was going through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like in the middle of the day, my teacher was like, you need to take that off. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Bitch, I had a similar story happen to me. Like, I'm not doing that. So I had to go to office. Uh-uh. I had something like that happen to me too. It was at AP Lit and my teacher kept trying to make me mind you, I was wearing hats every day at this time because I loved mm-hmm. wearing hats at that time. So yeah, I was like, why are you coming for me? So <laughs> yeah, I was like, I wear hats all the time. Everybody in class, even the white kids was like, Kira always has on a hat. Like, why are you tripping? But she was mm-hmm. really, really tripping about this. Mind you, I do still love this teacher a lot. She definitely is problematic as hell, but it's one of those things where it's like I just accept her for who she is, whatever. Um, but I remember she called our principal up there and the principal took my hat off, ran her hands, her fingers through my hair and was like, oh, it's not. First of all, she was like, oh, wow, this isn't at all what I thought your hair would feel like. <laughs> and I also had a perm at that time and I had a shortcut and I'm like, 
first of all, you're running your hands through my hair. Secondly, you were talking about the texture of it, like you're surprised by it. She was expecting cotton, bitch. No. And, <laughs> and it was just a very, very, very weird moment for me. But the fact that she even felt comfortable enough to do that and then still have me take my hat off. Like, and I'm pretty sure I put it back on again later, but that shit was crazy. And what? Nope. It's a thesis. Somebody got to study it. Somebody got to study it. It's happening all around America. It's it's a it's an epidemic. Okay, we gotta I we gotta figure out what's it's going epidemic. on. Yeah, something ain't right. Something ain't right. Oh all right. Yes, black girl. So moving on, Ooh. we talk about some of the tropes that came out during you know um, throughout history. And you think about the Jezebel versus the Mammy trope, right? Which is definitely something that still plays out today. And it's weird because when I think about the Jezebel, you know, a lot of people see that as a negative thing. But then I also think about how positive and empowering it can be when it's kind of reclaimed and used in a different way. Like when we do think about like a little Kim or we think about um, even a, what's my girl? A Josephine Baker. Um, yeah, it's like, if you think about them and what they were able to do and how empowering it was, but then also it still does have that blowback. But anyways, let's define these terms for people who may not know what they are, or maybe you have like an idea of it. So the Jezebel trope was used during slavery to excuse the rape of black women. If she's promiscuous and she's lusting after white men, then she can't be raped, right? Like they, they not looking at, she's coming after them basically. And them having sex with her, they were duped into it. Somebody, you know, they she seduced the white man into into having sex with her. He didn't rape her. The mammy is used to desexualize the black woman by giving her traits they are seen as undesirable by society. No white man or any man will want her uh, in a sexual manner. But mm-hmm. then, if you got mommy issues, maybe. That's a whole nother story, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, which protected the white family unit, uh, as you would see in like the help. Yeah. White women aren't threatened by a woman, well, by a black woman if they feel she's less than others because she is the help and like she's not seen as desirable unless mm-hmm. like people reach out to her for help and support. Facts. And then even adding on to that, because of what they modeled the, the mammy after it was always a plus size um mm-hmm. or sometimes just obese black women a lot of times they were darker skin tone all the things that people in this society consider to be unattractive things right mm-hmm. um even though these women were still very attractive the ones who did exist like that they were still very right. attractive and they were still getting you know what i'm saying it was less than after them too but if you make it, if you use those things, and these are the things that are seen as negatives, then yeah, it's it's easier for white women to be like, oh, I don't need to be bothered by them. Like yes. that mammy isn't going to take yeah. my man. Yeah, they're not seen as a threat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I know there's the uh, the sapphire trope, mm. like the angry black woman. I definitely left mm-hmm. that out. That's a good one. And then it's like, even with that, it's like, if you're angry, then yeah, again, you're not desirable. Nobody wants you. Yeah. And but nobody looks at why we're angry. Right. They think that we're just screaming for no damn yes. reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, nah, nigga, we, we got some things, some traumas. Okay. Um, but even with all of that, right, this all benefited the white family. But then I think about how it affected us because now, 
you know, we're starting to internalize those things. We're internalizing it. And so are our male counterparts. And then they're pushing, projecting those things onto us. And now here we are mm-hmm. <laughs> fighting mm-hmm. against these tropes everywhere mm-hmm. in media and our families. Yes. And that goes back to the mammy trope where like, mm. I know there are black men who do have mommy issues and I've been with black men who have mommy issues and they think that their girlfriend should be mothering them. And it's like, no, you need to figure out your issues around that. Cause I'm not your mom. Mm-hmm. I'm your partner. We supposed Facts. to be doing this together. I'm not supposed to be taking care of you just by myself. Yeah. You have to take care of yourself as well. This is so true. This is so true. Um, I also think about how, again, if you aren't seeing, you have this mammy trope that nobody wants to be seen as that, right? Mm -hmm. So you have plus size women who, even though they're getting loved down, they got men, they got women, they got whoever that loves them, right? But in society, they're seen as unattractive. Mm-hmm. And publicly, they're not being loved publicly the way that they should be. Of course, right. we don't see that as much now, but there was a time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same with dark skinned Black women. We know how colorism plays out in our community, but that's such a huge thing. Like people are not loving themselves and they're not loving the women in their lives because of the color of their skin, because of their size. Um, or if we flip it and we go back to the Jezebel trope, women who are considered to be promiscuous, you know what I'm saying? There's, I think I have something, I want to get into that a little bit later, but a lot of times people are seen as that and we love, you know, as a community to use the words fast or to call somebody mm-hmm. a hoe yeah. you know, yeah, right. or whatever. But it's like, sometimes people just really do enjoy sex, child. And it's yeah. about what you think it's about. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just think about when you move into like the 1960s and 1970s, how women were finally able, because it wasn't just black women who were struggling with their sexuality. White women were struggling with this too. A lot of the Mm -hmm. time we were going through some of the same things, but of course in different ways, because we're both fighting against racism, but also, you know, we're, we're fighting for our sexual, um, our rights as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but white women in the 1960s, you know, the free love movement came out. They walked around with their titties out. They got their floral oh, headpieces. And they are happy, okay? <laughs> they are on their drugs. You know, people turned it lesbian. It's going, it's getting crazy outside. <laughs> Meanwhile, black women are still fighting during that time just for our own rights. Like, just we're, to be seen. yes, we're the black power movement is also happening during this time. So we outside with our afros just trying to stay out of jail and just trying to get some rights, child. And then, like, and then within that, like, the Black Power movement, I know there was a lot of, like, misogyny in the movement. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah, that's that's another story for another day. <laughs> yes. Which goes back to me talking about, like, the power dynamics between the Black men and white, well, Black mm-hmm. men and Black women on plantations. Yeah. So that's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, Definitely. Um, so we didn't even really get to not saying that there weren't women at that time and before, of course, because I mentioned Josephine Baker, there were plenty of women who were, you know, standing firmly in their, in their sexuality, but a lot of times they had to go overseas to do so. Mm -hmm. They weren't really able to do it here. Um, and they weren't really celebrated until much later, which is, it's fucked up, but 
Yeah. Anyways, we just weren't able to to really fully, not publicly, stand in it confidently. And I'm sure there were still struggles going on at that time, too. We're still mm-hmm. not even sure what that looks like for us yet. Um, or if we even feel comfortable doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So then I think about sexual liberation in television and film. And a lot of times, there are so many shows on TV where white women get to stand in their uh, sexuality, whether it's a character who is considered promiscuous and she's freely enjoying, you know, sex like my girl Samantha in Sex in the City. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, a lot of HBO shows, <laughs> a lot of, you know, I think about the L word in, I know there were black characters on there, but it's a predominantly white cast. Yeah. You know, white women have long since gained those freedoms to be able to stand in that in a way that black women have not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think about Spike Lee, she's got to have it, and how incredible that was for us. Yes. Okay, man, when she had all, oh, when she had all her niggas at dinner. When I say I felt seen, <laughs> like, bitch, girl, like, yes, my sis, like, yes. <laughs> when I think about her, and I think about like just how many women I know in my life who are able to date multiple partners or even have multiple sexual partners freely and openly and be confident in that right and that influenced me so much as I got older to feel as confident in that as well and it's just like there's nothing wrong with that it's okay Mm -hmm. um but before she's gotta have it we didn't see that black women were not out here doing that it was like you had to be real modest um if you were a little bit on the other side child it was still giving Jezebel was still giving look at this little fast tail girl over here nobody was really like reclaiming it and showing the power in it right the power in choice, the power in deciding what happens with your body and knowing that you own your body and nobody else owns it. Like, this ain't yours, this is my body. And then that goes back to your childhood and not Mm. being able to be your own person. Because for some reason, people think children are not people and they don't have boundaries and they shouldn't have autonomy over themselves. Okay. Yes, black girl. Back to what you were talking about, like the free love movement and everything. The Broadway play Hair. Mm. I don't know if you've seen that before or if any of our listeners. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. But yeah, I saw it with my mom at Kennedy Center. This was a while ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, for the people who don't know, it's about a quote unquote tribe of long haired hippies, aka white people, during the age (laughs) of Aquarius, protesting the Vietnam War and just wanting everything to be about love and acceptance and woo 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 and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the end of the play, everybody was booty, butterball, ass naked. I don't remember if, like, fully naked, like, everything was showing. Wow. <laughs> and I don't remember if there were any black women in the play. And if it was, it was, like, make black women, too. You know how they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that just showed me, like, oh, white people can just walk around naked. And Ain't nobody finna check them. Nobody's finna check anything. Nothing at all. And can and you imagine do, how freeing that would be man. to just be able to just be outside naked? Ugh. I love sometimes being I naked. Just, yeah, sometimes I'm like, man, I just don't want to wear clothes today. But Okay, just want to let I my titties hang free. Right, if I show any type of titty, somebody going to have to show it. Mitch, women can't even breastfeed in public without people tripping, mm-hmm. so. Well, child, they be sexualizing everything, don't they? Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. But nah, that's facts. And even back to what you said about kids, right? Um, 
and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but kids have an autonomy over their body. Something I had to learn for myself is that if a kid don't want to give you a hug, they don't have to give you a hug. And I've learned right. to ask for it. I'm not about to just impose and just assume that they have to hug me. And it's something that I started to check other people around me too for. Because it's like, I'll go and I'll see my little cousins and maybe they're in a the mood and they don't feel like giving me a hug. I can't force them to hug me. I can say, may I have a hug? They can say yes or no. They may want to come to me later and give me one and that's fine. But I can't force them because it's like now you're telling them that they don't have, like you said, they don't have autonomy. They can't decide Mm -hmm. for themselves if they want to do this thing. And that's very, very important to remember, especially when it comes to strangers. Don't just have anybody just because it's your cousin and your kid Uh don't know them. They don't have to give them a damn hug. They don't know who that is. (laughs) And rejection from a baby is very humbling. (laughs) Okay. What's wrong with me? I'm cute. Okay. Yes. Yes, black girl. Think about black women in music, and we've already talked about Lil Kim. But when I think about in like the '70s when you had Donna Summer, or even before that, we had Lola Falana. They're on stage Mm -hmm. selling sex. Okay, they are giving it to us, but it's Mm -hmm. like they're doing it confidently. They're not doing it for any man. It's like it's for themselves. Um, and just how important and special that those moments are, because it shows that we're not just one way. Black women, mm-hmm. you know, we're so many things all at once um, and we can be sexy, too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. speaking of uh, Lola Falana, I was actually watching a YouTube, like a short YouTube documentary on her not too mm-hmm. long ago. And she was completely turned off by the entertainment industry at one point. Like, And I think because she had lupus or something she had some type of autoimmune disease and she had to stop performing um Mm -hmm. and like she became i don't know if she became catholic or christian but yeah like she's really into the church now and like very modest Mm -hmm. and you know she was saying like that was just a character i was playing oh wow Mm -hmm. and i'm sure there's a lot of women who would say that too or even when i think about like a little kim right it's like we saw her as one thing, but behind closed doors, she's battling a lot of demons. She's battling right. a lot of things with how she sees herself. So we saw someone who was confident in their sexuality, but that may not have been the truth, you know, behind closed mm-hmm. doors. Um, or even when I think about like Dorothy Dandridge, my girl, okay, I love me mm-hmm. some Dorothy Dandridge. If you think about her role in Carmen Jones and how that, or not even just Carmen Jones, Porgy and Bess, and you think about the characters that she yeah. was playing, whether it was a tragic mulatto or a Jezebel type character, how she became typecast, but that wasn't who she was, you know, fully. But it was still really, really beautiful to see a Black woman like that on screen, um, especially if she's calling the shots. She's not being told that she's this thing. She's saying, this is who I am and I'm standing in it. And it's like, it's empowering for us, but how it can also limit her in those ways. So there's, it's always like, kind of like a double-edged sword, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we think about how we're portrayed in media. And then I think about going beyond that into the 90s, right? Video and, vixens. Okay, the girls yes. outside shaking that ass, shaking that ass. Yes. And, you know, growing <laughs> up watching that, it's like, honestly, I, I wanted to do that. Yeah. I wanted to be in the videos too. It looks so much, it looked like so much fun. Um, but aside from that, though, we were still being, you know, sexualized and degraded at the same time. Yeah. So again, that double-edged sword, right? Um, and what I love about the girls today who are rappers is we don't see as many video vixens, but the actual artists are the ones that are outside. Like, I'm about to yeah. show this out. Okay, mm-hmm. y'all not gonna put us up in the videos anymore, but here I am doing it in my own video. Mm-hmm. And it's a very interesting um, way that it's kind of turned into that. But yeah, 
And they're doing more than just shaking their ass. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them. Some of them really are just shaking their asses. And that's okay yeah. too. They just yeah. they just twerking down. Yeah. Um, and I'm not mad at that. But yes, it's a lot of choreographed dances as well. When I think about like Lotto, Meg, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Those are the girlies. Because it's like you can still bust down in some choreo. This is so true. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And all the other girlies have shown us this too, even in R and B and pop music. Mm-hmm. Um Shaking ass is a skill also. It's not just it is. something anybody can do. Like it takes a, skill. a real skill to be able to do that. Okay. Skill, it's also it's very spiritual. It's an yeah. art. Yes, it is. It is very spiritual. Yeah. And it helps with um because people store a lot of trauma in their hips and like that mm-hmm. region of their body. Um, if you get into all the chakras and stuff, you know. I'm getting yeah. woo-woo. But uh <laughs> no, for real, you're right. Yeah, that like, sacral area. Moving that energy around. It's, yeah. it's spiritual like you have to or it's just going to be stuck in your body yeah you our ancestors was in africa doing what they was doing okay because if you don't live so yes you don't want to have all these issues with your womb and mm-hmm. that space yeah it's very sensitive it's very intimate it's yes. very powerful so. so we're telling you here to pop that pussy when you're yes. outside when yes. you're in the house what the card did he say she said pop that pussy on the couch Pop that pussy on the stove. <laughs> pop it in church. She said to pop it everywhere. And she was absolutely right. Pop that pussy. Yes, like healthy, Yama, for you. Pop my butt. Pop, pop my butt. <laughs> Bro, that's true. Who was oh that? Hazel God. E? <laughs> yes. Yes. Child. That was a problematic ass episode. For so many. What she butt. say about Harriet Tubman? <laughs> Oh, she said, do you know what popped my butt meant to Harriet Tubman? It meant a whip. <laughs> Bro, she ain't shit. She is not okay. <laughs> Something is really, really wrong with this woman. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I cannot believe that was on TV. Oh, I'm so weak. So, so yeah, you know, the moral mm-hmm. of the story is pop it, you know? Yes, black girl. But yeah, seeing women in media through music, through um, TV and film, like I said, it's empowering, but it also limits us because then you have people having the social discourse about it and you're seeing women as less than and not allowing them to fully stand in themselves. Um, People still feel the need to talk about or judge a woman based on her sexuality or how she carries herself, right? And it's like, it could have absolutely nothing to do with her mind. It could have nothing to do with how great of a person she is, how caring, loving, all of those beautiful traits that we see in ourselves a lot of time. It's like, girl, if you outside, you a hoe. And Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. you're not outside and you choose not to be in that way, then you're a prude, you know? And it's like, just let people do what they want to do. Some people Mm -hmm. don't want to be outside and that's fine. They don't have to. And then some people do and that's also okay. Mm But people still feel the need to police everything. It also makes me think about how a lot of men value or put so much value into women who are like virgins. But then it's like, you still want a woman who is experienced and is a freak. So it's like, which one is it? You know? They don't know. They don't know. (laughs) They don't know. Yes, black girl. Let's talk about when we first experienced sexual freedom for ourselves. I don't remember like, the exact moment because mm-hmm. that was a while ago but I guess when I was in my first like committed relationship and I felt comfortable and safe in my body and in that space with that person mm-hmm. until I didn't um <laughs> so yeah 
<laughs> you know, so sometime yes. in college. Um, and I, of course, I had experiences before that, but they pale in comparison, especially now, mm-hmm. because there was no type of emotional connection on both sides. Like, I, yeah, like my yeah. body was ready, but like mentally, I wasn't there. That's... To like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that too. It was definitely college for me. And I think my prior sexual experiences, for one, I waited so long to have sex. I was a virgin for, mm-hmm. you know, while all my friends were having their experiences, I was like, not me, bitch. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I'm holding on. And then uh-huh. when I finally did it, I was like, okay. And I thought I was doing the things. But then I realized, like, I'm not even orgasming from this. I'm not even mm-hmm. really receiving the pleasure. I'm pretty much just allowing my partner to get pleasure, which is great. Right. And you want to think yeah. about that as well. But where's my pleasure? Um, also, having a connection with the person that you're having sex with. It's like... You could be connected, but it's very, very different when you're in love. Sex when you're in mm-hmm. love is so different. Or even just, you just really am connected to that person. Like, you really are, like, into them. Yeah, it's just like, liking them a lot. Them. Right. It's not about being in love either. Um, but that makes a huge, huge difference. Um, and I think for me, when I had my first orgasm from um, having sex with someone else, because beforehand I'd only had orgasms through, like, masturbation, I was like, oh, shit, like, this is different. <laughs> Like, I want to experience this all the time. And it wasn't like one of those things where um, I think a lot of times people think that women who love sex are, A, they they see them as promiscuous, but also that they're like trying to like fill a void or something like that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we genuinely love sex. Like it really is. Like we talked about earlier, as far as dancing, sex is the same thing. Sex is an exercise. Sex is spiritual. Sex is like therapeutic you know what i'm saying you release so much with sex so it's like when you think about all of those things and just how beautiful sex is why would you not want to have it all the time why but then if you don't that's okay (laughs) but Uh yeah it's like you shouldn't judge people who do want to because it's not always connected to something negative before that liberation how did you view sex I would say for me, I definitely had a lot of guilt and shame around it because going back to like growing up in the church um, and just being around a lot of women who I guess I'd say were like more on the modest side, it's like I just saw women as one thing. Even if I saw them on TV being something, right? It's like I didn't see myself in that way. So I just felt like if I wanted to masturbate, like there was some type of shame around doing that. Like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this thing or I should not be having sex. I also used to feel like I was some type of fucking prize or I was special in some way because I was a virgin. When in reality, it's like none of that shit really fucking matters. Um, It really doesn't. It's like, fuck these niggas. Um, But I was also hella, hella judgmental because I grew up in an environment where women were called fast and women were, you know, called hoes. So it's like, for me, if I found out somebody had a lot of sexual partners or I perceived them to, to be doing that, may, may not even have been doing that. But if I thought that they could have just had a boyfriend and everybody knows that that person is having sex, which is another mm-hmm. thing you got to talk about is like in high school, I know it's very, very uh-huh. different with the kids of today, but during our times, there was so much shame as soon as somebody in the school found out that mm-hmm. people were having sex or you and everybody are giving is. somebody head. Or yeah. if you call doing anything, it's like the boys get praised, but the girls are shamed mm-hmm. down for that. Right. So because of that, I was like, Ooh, I don't want to be associated with that. I'm not having sex. Right. And it wasn't until I got to college that I was able to open up my mind and 
you know, find new ways to look at sex and just sexuality in general, right? Knowing that it's a spectrum and that it's okay to be fluid and, and all those things. But yeah, child, it was it was rough on this side. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, um, yeah, like the concept of virginity and purity and all that, uh, it was always weird to me because I'm a person who likes to question everything and I'm just curious about how things work and how things are not binary. Um, and because growing up in church, none of that made sense to me. Um, and like, if your body is feeling things, why would I want to wait until I'm married to explore that? So like, am I just supposed to sit here and be aroused and just not do nothing? Like, I, that's so crazy. But uh, And I also, like you were saying, like men or like masculine presenting people, they're celebrated for being quote unquote in the streets. But when a feminine presenting person does that, they're ashamed. And I probably did internalize some of that. Some of that. Um, I don't have any like examples that I, off the top of my head that I can talk about. But um, when I was younger, maybe like seventh or eighth grade, or maybe no, sixth, fifth or sixth grade, um, there was this website called girl.com which is now 17, uh, 17, the magazine. Uh, it was spelled G-U-R-L dot com. And they had a whole bunch of books and information and like a whole um, chat room about uh, gender and sexuality and just like other things that preteen girls would talk about. And they talked about like mental health and all of that. And this was in, like I said, early, mid 2000s. And I was, I will say that I was nervous talking about these things with adults because we never really, it was never really a conversation unless we're talking about it through a Christianity lens, which is shame and guilt. And because of that, I sought out the information on my own. Uh, mm. Shout out Google. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, like just my parents just telling me, oh, no sex before marriage was, it wasn't cutting it. So, mm -hmm. and then once again, seeking out that information. Uh, my mom gave me this book. Uh, it's the American Girl book, uh, The Care and Keeping of You, the body book for girls. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've, had that before. I know a lot of people. Oh, it's not that. an American girl kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, I, I was kind of, I was kind of, because what was her name? Addie or whatever. She was a, mm -hmm. she was a slave. I'm just like, mm, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> and yeah. I actually still have the book. So like, I do plan on giving it to my younger cousins at some point if they ever oh. need it. Or if they ever want to talk to me, we can talk about stuff. Yeah, of course. Going to gender and sexuality as it pertains to myself depending on the nature of our relationship, I don't have an issue with like being honest, but also I'm not like loud about it. Cause once again, like my privacy, I don't, I value it. So I don't really care for people to know what I'm about in that way. Cause mm -hmm. I, I don't think it really matters. I don't remember a time where I would slut shame people because mm -hmm. of all the information that I've already that you gained as a, right, as a younger child. So I wasn't really judgy and I didn't, I don't really care what people do. Like, as long as you're safe and you're being honest, mm -hmm. I don't care. Like, do you? I love that for you. Because <laughs> I was definitely <laughs> the complete opposite, okay? And now I'm that person that's like, uh-uh, what y'all not going to do is judge this person. Yes, black girl. Let's talk about a time that you may have felt judged. I know for me, um, it was feeling judged by peers and partners at least three times I can think of partners that were super um passionate about the body count system right mm -hmm, um yeah. and 
And I just would always kind of argue back, like, that shit doesn't matter. It was also crazy, though, how those standards are always pressed onto um, onto women, but men are just out here fucking whoever they want to fuck, and nobody's saying anything about it. It's like, you could have 100 partners, but then if your woman has had 10, then it's a problem. Or even four. Like, yeah, they're like wilding. It's like, you got to say that you've only had two partners. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. unrealistic and weird. And we're all mm-hmm. adults and none of that shit should matter. Um, right. So it was something that I stood on firmly and relationships either ended because of it or were super tumultuous because of it, because I'm constantly being judged for having other sexual partners. And it's like, yeah. if we both had other sexual partners, why does it matter, right? Um, why are you thinking about somebody that I'm no longer involved with? exactly it's the past it's not who i am now i could have only been with that person twice facts or once hell who cares yeah um right. <laughs> or they just don't count at all because why was i yeah. fucking up exactly. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is this um but yeah it's like why do we put so much um into the body count system and why do we judge women based off of it it's to me it's like if you're healthy and you know you're practicing safe sex like we've already talked about and it has nothing to do with who you are as an actual person Uh why does it matter also you're benefiting from the fact that i've had so much experience because i'm putting it down for a reason exactly there's a reason why this is quality puts okay it's because of the experiences (laughs) that i've had if i hadn't had them what would the sex even be like i'm out here teaching you shit thank god Mm -hmm. i had sex with the niggas i did because (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't even be out here learning so what what, what are we even talking about yeah yes so for me same same my last relationship um also our listeners y'all probably gonna hear about this for a while because i'm just talking it out like i'm over the person i'm over the relationship but just you know like i'm processing yeah. a lot of things and realizing a lot of things so y'all gonna hear about it mm-hmm. uh and because my therapist moved to florida and she's no longer taking clients no! out of state <laughs> so so y'all gonna hear all of this until I find another <laughs> one to talk to. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for hearing my disclaimer. Mm. But yes, uh, that was a big issue for my last relationship. Um, and I didn't internalize that judgment because I knew it had more to do with how he felt about things. Um, and I know, I, like I said earlier, I took the necessary precautions to be safe. So I don't care about how he felt about me being honest. Um Yeah, he was upset about me being honest and also super judgy about me being in a Caribbean dance company. And, you know, we'd be winding down, we'd be busting. He had a problem with that? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. You see these feathers on my wall, I'm going to keep wearing them and I'm going to keep shaking my head. did not. Yes. It's so crazy because that man has a daughter and I feel for her. Girl, girl, girl. Mm -mm. The layers girl okay girl anyways um but like he he said he thought it made me look like a slut and i was just like what does that even mean? oh yeah. not a slut shaming even though you didn't look like one but mm-hmm. then we're because it was a video of me in my costume dancing by myself and then he was like oh you stuck your tongue out and blah 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 and i was just like i've been doing this like literally but also I've been doing what this. does that have to do with anything that's what i'm saying you're Dancing and enjoying life. <laughs> in hindsight, I, I should have just cut it off right then and there. <laughs> but we you know, don't that's another. We love to another red flag. Yeah, that's another story for another day. I take um, 
mm-hmm. what's the word um accountability for that yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah like there's a video of me i was like three or four my very first dance recital um i was on the other side of the stage where i was not supposed to be everybody else on the other side of the stage my butt is to the audience i'm literally shaking it i was like hey, baby this is I, what feels good to me okay i'm not new to this i'm true to this yes, <laughs> yes. and also I like it. i found out i have caribbean ancestry so like it's it's yeah, it makes sense yeah it's not yeah. going anywhere definitely mm-hmm. oh and then we even think about that how sometimes kids are allowed the space to be able to do that in dance but um, i know for me it's like a complete and opposite thing where it's like, oh, you know, stop shaking yourself. Just, I literally heard those things. So I'm like, damn, I can't even like be out here. And I think about some of my friends too, who maybe grew up in like similar households and we had to shake our ass in private because <laughs> it's like, damn, like I'm about to get in trouble just for doing this. Until I got older and it was like, child, I'm shaking my ass. Like, child, yeah. I'm, I'm a teenager. You're not about to tell me I can't do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think about like my sweet 16 and my mom and like my older cousins, my uncle and them being like super shocked. Because you know, at this time we in high school, uh-huh. we go to a dance oh, yeah. or party. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. Know, we bust it open. Girl, and then we just party. like, oh my God, I can't believe these kids felt so comfortable doing this in front of us. Like, child, it's party you thought we wasn't finna dance down like y'all was doing the same thing at that time we gonna two step and keep our distance right but y'all wasn't even doing that so why y'all playing Mm -hmm. right and then like that makes me think about how we would go to go-go's and like go-go parties Mm. like it's very percussion heavy so obviously that's gonna make me want to shake my ass like period we was we was clapping down we wasn't twerking we was clapping there's a difference clap us to the front period clap to the front I miss those oh those days were so much fun like we ain't have cameras to worry about nope it was, was just outside yes and was embarrassed nobody caught it on camera and if they did it's on the digital camera somewhere nowhere to be found yes black girl all right y'all it's time for when you know better you do better you do better you do better period all right, so today's topic is social media debates. <laughs> All right, so for me, I'm sick of this, but anything pertaining to Kevin Samuels, Ooh, the high value man, the 50 50 conversations, the $200 dates, yeah. relationships and dating, it's just like, can we talk about something else? Because okay. every, every day. Happen. Right. Every day I get on Twitter or Instagram, somebody's always yelling about, oh, would you rather have a gay son or a daughter? And it's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What is all these hypotheticals? Actually, it's always a hypothetical. (laughs) The hypotheticals. I like that. Oh, oh, (laughs) hold up. Does that need to be like a segment? No. What is the hypotheticals? It's on Twitter. Um, Yeah. Kind of like. yeah, kind of like, you know, the gay son or thought daughter thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like, it has to do with like $200 dates and like. Yeah. I know what those are, but I love that umbrella term. That's like perfect. Yeah. They make up like <laughs> crazy scenarios where they're like this or that. And it's just so mm-hmm. ridiculous. I like when people quote tweet them 
and ask something that's completely different, right? Like somebody will mm-hmm. pose some crazy ass question like that, some stupid ass hypothetical or hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll be like, did you know that whales, <laughs> like it's always something <laughs> totally different. And I'm like, those are my people because why like, the fuck are we talking change, about this? Change the topic. Yes, let's switch it up. Um, now I feel you on that. And that kind of ties into what I was going to say about, um, for me, arguing on Facebook about the dumbest shit. I had to like learn my lesson with that. And it was a lesson that I thought I had learned a while ago, but then I had an incident last year where someone on Facebook was talking about Lori Harvey um, dating multiple mm-hmm. men and they're like calling her a hoe. And I was like, well, first of all, we don't know who Lori Harvey is having sex with. We've only her seen her date it. these men, but we also don't know who she was really, really dating and who she wasn't. She never confirmed nor denied that she was right. dating these men and neither did they. Y'all just assume because you saw them in pictures mm-hmm. together, right? And now you're placing all, projecting all these things onto this woman. And it's like, she hasn't done anything to you. Um, And I just thought about just how that escalated and it was so unnecessary. Um, Also a while ago, I think this was probably the last time that I had did it before the whole Lori Harvey thing, but people were arguing on the internet about SZA's song The Weeknd, right? And how it's shameful for a woman to be like sharing a man and I remember like married women talking about it and married women be like, oh my, like, I can't believe they have songs about this. And I'm like, y'all have songs about side chicks though. Y'all have songs about so, there's so many side chick songs in the world, number one, but also a lot of women are getting cheated on and sharing their man anyway. So it's like, why are you mad that she's claiming it? Right. But people were so upset about that. And I just had to realize that like, People are going to have their thoughts. I have mine. And to just stand on my own. I don't have to argue with nobody about it. We don't have to have a debate. A lot of times they're going to stand firm in what they want to believe. And that's on them. And I can't try to like change their their mind. Also, you just can't argue with ignorance. That's a huge, huge thing. It's like if people aren't even willing to learn or really hear your side, why are you going back and forth with them? You're just wasting time and energy that you could be spending somewhere else on something better. Exactly. Also, I... um, I found a hypothetical on Twitter. So <laughs> this one says, your friend is on vacation with her man. She calls you and asks to borrow $200. Do you cash out her the money? What the fuck? Right. And there we go with the $200 thing. <laughs> yes. It's always $200 or $40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the answer is hell yes. I am. If I got it, I'm sending it. But it's still like, why are we talking about this? This is not a thing that's happening. So I found one that Lizzo said. It said, would you rather have a partner that checks people out when y'all are in public but never watches porn or have a partner that is addicted to porn but never checks people out in public? I saw that one and I definitely mm-hmm. scrolled on past it. Right, because it's like... Oh. What is that? Like, mm-hmm. what? Neither of those things mm-hmm. are normal. Like, mm-hmm. it's right. normal to watch porn. It's also normal to check people out. And it's like, why are we... Like, what are we talking about? Uh-huh. And why? But then, like, Why does that matter? That could also be a slippery slope because I do know people that I've been involved with who are addicted to porn. And porn addiction is very, very different. That was an issue in the yeah. relationship because um, it starts to affect you, right? Mm-hmm. And then you 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 see what they're looking at, and it's just like I don't look like that. So like, yeah, it's also just the unrealistic comparisons, right? I've had mm-hmm. to have this conversation too with exes or people I was like, you know, involved with sexually. It's just like. Don't expect me to do what you saw in this pornography video, okay? Right. I'm not I'm not her. It's also acting. Like, it's not realistic. Um, mm-hmm. Also realize that people have different abilities. 
and you can't place that on me. And I'm not about to do it just because you saw it there. Because you can't do everything that these men are doing in porn either, okay? As much as you think. Right. And then just like looking people out in public, like that's natural to be attracted to other people and you right. not act on it. Like we that was another that was another issue in my last relationship. I, I remember mm. we weren't we weren't official yet, but we were still like getting to know each other. And mm-hmm. I was at this dispensary with my brother. I got some tea. And mm-hmm. the guy had asked for my number, like one of the uh, the dude at the register. And it kind of went over my head because everything was just happened so fast. And also, I wasn't really in a space to like just flirt with people. And, mm-hmm. You know, because I was involved yeah. with him. I was like, all right, I'm going to just cool with him right now. Um, exactly. But I told him, I was like, oh, yeah, the dude asked for my number. And like, he was cute. But I was like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. So he had an yeah. issue with me like saying that he he was cute i wasn't right i wasn't attracted to him but he was attracted right and yeah that was and then he would bring it up sometimes every now and then just like yeah and then another (laughs) (laughs) uh so many things so many another um instance not too long after this uh there was a friend that we both we have a mutual friend from high high school for him middle school for me Mm-hmm. And he's also involved in theater. And I gave him my number because I was just like, oh, you know, I want to get in. Right. We can send each other things and just talk about that and blah, 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 blah. Right. And it was a big deal. He was like, oh, why are you giving my man your number and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, first of all, I've known this man before you. Okay. And I'm not interested in him in that way. And if he was interested in me, I would. I yeah. But insecure do people don't care about that. Exactly. And then yeah. that was another issue in our relationship. Like he would just bring mm-hmm. it up every now and then. And I'm like, why are you still upset about this? I'm here with you. Maybe. I'm not worried about this person. It's a form know. of manipulation though. It's mm-hmm. a form of manipulation. Cause I went through the same thing. It was like using that as a way to make you kind of question yourself and your own judgment and be like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just, they, they use it for that. It's like, if I can make this person feel guilty about anything outside of me then you know i can somewhat control them and Mm -hmm. it's like if they feel as insecure as they do then they don't think that they're you know worthy or you know of anything so it's like they're just trying to it's just yeah it's manipulation at the end of the day but to wrap it up it's like whether it is you're arguing with people on social media about these things or even if it is in your relationship right walk away and don't engage Mm -hmm. you know better you do better Cause it's like, why am I doing this? Yes, black girl. All right, y'all. That's a wrap <laughs> for today. Thank you all for joining us. We hope that you felt seen today or that you learned a little something, something, something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And as always, we'll be back again soon. Uh, until then, be sure to subscribe to our audio podcast, Yes, Black Girl, on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us and leave a review so people can see us and we can get sponsorships and we can expand and we can get more for you all and for ourselves. And so we could be prosperous and abundant and all of that good stuff, you know. And follow us on Instagram at Yes Black Girl Series. And follow myself at The Only Raya and Kiera at Unique Genre on Instagram as well. All information can be found in the show notes. And until next time. Yes. Later, y'all. Later, why? Bye, niggas. And See y'all. Next time, honey. <laughs>